0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sonny. I am here recording with Caleb.
1: As per usual.
0: All right, it's just the two of us today. We know we've had a lot of guest episodes lately, and we know that everybody loves those episodes. But every now and then, we got to get back to our roots, which is, well, us. Sorry, guys.
1: The parrot, yeah, the two, the us rubbing the only brain cell that we each contain together to make a thought
0: right right so we just we share that one little brain cell we kind of pass it back and forth between us when we're you know not talking just you know helps us out helps us continue the conversation so we do have some stuff to talk about today we have some master duel updates we have some new cards to talk about and we have some pretty big stuff going on in the ocg um so let's go ahead and first of all i want to thank everybody for being here today thanks so much uh we have been getting awesome feedback regarding some stuff in our Discord server. We ask that you join our Discord server. We ask that you follow us on whatever platform you're listening on. And with that, without uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into some quick play news. What do we got?
1: All right. First off, um, <clears throat> this weekend, Saturday, the 28th at 9 a.m. Uh, PT, uh, will be the August Remote Duel Invitational. You said
0: that's 9 a.m. Pacific time?
1: Uh I don't know if that's specific time or not. It just says it just said PT.
0: Yeah, yeah. PT is Pacific.
1: Yeah, yeah you, you, I thought that was PCT.
0: Uh, nah, that's or PST.
1: Different... Uh Pacific Standard Time, PST.
0: Well, if it's for North, it's the North American Invitational that you're talking
1: about, right? Yeah, I would assume it's PST then. Yeah. yeah. It, you can Google it. It's not that big of a deal. Um anyway, it is a, a remote tool invitational. Um it is it is the remote tool tournament that you have to win you had to get top at, like, an extravaganza and a couple other places to get an invite. Right, so you can do
0: your local's remote dual qualifier, which they should have been hosting remote dual qualifiers at your locals on a weekly basis, and... Not
1: all locals, unfortunately, Joe. Well, There's
0: a list. Right, there's a bunch of locals that were doing remote dual qualifiers, and your locals may or may not have been participating.
1: Unfortunately, neither one of our locals were doing it.
0: There was one that we could have done.
1: Yeah, but... but
0: We didn't do it.
1: It's, it's yeah, because it's not, you know.
0: I I have trouble getting off work in time is my issue. Plus, they do it on days that we record. Of of course. Of course. So, um, and then I did not top the extravaganza.
1: Unfortunately. There's always next time.
0: Right. So, but for the people that did top the extravaganzas and the people that did top their qualifiers, this is the Invitational. It's this weekend. We'll get some good data on some really good players and some good trends that we see coming. And moving forward, we can um we, we can extrapolate a lot about where the format currently lies after this weekend. Oh yeah. So and the people that get top cut at this invitational, I think top four probably, will get uh invites to the the big uh sixteen man invitational that they do once every a uh, few months yeah so
1: try to get the best of the best of that
0: right right so that's this weekend starting at 9 a.m pacific standard time or pacific time whatever which yeah. is 11 o'clock central standard time depending yeah. on you know where you are oh yeah all right just,
1: just literally google 9 a.m pt and then it should just bring up whatever time it is in your uh current time zone
0: Right um Let's see.
1: next is a little announcement for uh, play over in the ocg
0: and the announcement is that there is no more play in the ocg
1: outside of remote duels
0: right so i'll go ahead and read the post as it reads on yg organization uh, this it and this aired this post went live august 25th state of emergency Following the recent declaration of a state of emergency in multiple areas in Japan starting on August 27th until September 12th, so August 27th will be the day of posting this podcast this Friday, Konami has resolved suspending events across the entire country. These events will be reinstated after observing any changes in the government policy. Affected rush duel events are Tournament Battle, Free Battle, Konami Card Game Shop Satellite Shop, and all events held in these shops, and Duelist Meetup. All remote duel events are being held normally. All affected OCG events are ranking duel, Yu-Gi-Oh Day, Challenge Day, Konami Card Game Shop, Satellite Shop, and all events held in these shops, and all area events. So, basically, due to the increased tick in COVID cases in the in Japan, all OCG play has been resuspended
1: for now. For the foreseeable future, at the moment,
0: um, um, until September twelfth or seventeenth or whatever day it was, at the very least,
1: yeah, yeah, bare minimum. Um, which is unfortunate. For which is very unfortunate. Um, as that is that. Yes, it is over the OCG, but they got still have ramifications outside of the OCG as well, um, such as a product that might be pushed further back due to them not wanting to clash the other releases in the OCG. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how how long this lasts.
0: Right, right.
1: You know how long it lasts. You know, like is there possible the TCG will catch up to the OCG in
0: probably product? not. I think there's a good chance that they still maintain the same product release schedule over there. They just won't really have any events in card shops.
1: Fair, which you, is fair.
0: If you look at it, even before they had Remote Duel set up and Remote Duel. Um, as a system in place before they did anything of that in that of that nature you already had the propensity to um how do i put it you are you already had konami's like they said they've established that under full lockdown they're still going to release new product
1: okay well there there's that at least okay That's yeah. not because
0: if you look if you look back to last year you can definitely see places <laughs> where They still release Secret Slayers. They still release Eternity Code. They still release Rise of the Duelist, even though they had no kind of uh, events in place for those. So, fair enough. All right, let's do. um, That's the end of the quick play news. Let's go ahead and do a quick little ad break, and we'll be right back. All right, everybody. That brings us right back in. So, what are we going to talk about first? We want to do some uh, some card. Uh, so you want cards or you want to talk about the structure deck i'll leave it up to you
1: uh, let's start with some new cards because that's uh that's because we have all the information about the cards not the we barely have anything for the structure deck
0: right right so let's start with Exorcistor packs it is a quick play spell card uh, what it does is you can only activate a card with this card's name once per turn so it's basically a hard once per turn during the main phase you can pay 800 life points, add one Sister card from your deck to your hand, except Sister packs. Then, if it is a monster that specifically lists an Sister monster you control or in your graveyard in its text, you can special summon the added monster. This card is awesome.
1: Oh yeah, no, no. Not only does it give you the capability of adding a monster or spell a trap, depending upon what else is on is on your board and what else is going on, it could then just straight up turn into quick launch. Or more. Yeah, or even more. Uh, again, again, It's a more versatile quick launch, again, depending upon your field presence.
0: I mean, think about this. Um, if you have this card set in your back row and your opponent activates Karras, send Kit. What you do is you chain this to Karras. This resolves. You search one of the sisters Then, uh... Kara summons, new chain, Kit activates. Because Kit activated in the graveyard, you can activate the Exorcist that you just searched.
1: Hmm. Well, no, no, no. Well, no, it doesn't. well. It would yeah, be on a yeah. new chain.
0: And the is already yeah, in your hand. Yeah,
1: yeah, that would work. Same could...
0: thing with Alpha and Ben 10.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would give you access to the other pair. Right. Um, in that situation. Uh, That's... Really good. Oh, yeah. No, that's... I know. Against Tribal Gray, that's amazing.
0: I mean, it's a, it's great against Dry John too, because... Yeah. All their act-
1: effects. Yeah. Activate
0: Alpha Tribute Ben 10. Yeah. Activate in response to the Ben 10 engrave.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
0: it, it has the potential to be really good. I mean, it's <clears throat> as I mean, as good as D.D. Crow is.
1: Not quite, because it, 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 it doesn't quite do the same thing as D.D. Crow?
0: No, but it puts a bunch of monsters on your board, and, and a lot of them have quick play effects to... Uh, a lot of them have quick effects to summon exceed monsters on top of them. Bingo. So I mean, this thing gets that whole chain started. It's it can it, it can potentially get the whole chain started, and it's really I mean it's it's a it's a searcher for the archetype and an archetype that can already special summon itself from hand. It, this this sends this archetype over the top. As far as I'm concerned, um,
1: this is exorcist I've, sisters are the best archetype in grand creators at this
0: oh, point oh oh okay they were Quite already far. the best archetype in grand creators this puts them like beyond meta relevance like this is going to be like a like a really good deck in my opinion come oh yeah january of next year if assuming oh, it, we still get it in january you oh yeah know definitely days.
1: Um, Next up, we have Aquamancer of the Sanctuary, level three water spellcaster.
0: I'm sorry. I can't get over that spell. That card is really going to be good. I I know. I keep coming back to it. I know I've talked about it a lot. I mean,
1: it's nuns with guns, which was my Vanguard deck at the time. I played Battle Sisters, which are nuns with guns.
0: It's not even just that it's nuns with guns. It's. I really don't care for the artwork that much. It's just it's a unique concept that I really am just in love with and. I think that realistically, in today's Yu-Gi-Oh! An archetype that's based around your opponent activating on doing things out of the graveyard. I mean, look at how good Ghost Bell is. And this card, realistically, can... I mean, these cards can affect more than just what Ghost Bell can affect. I, I don't know. I really, really, really love the concept of this deck. And I love... the. I love how good this card is. This card's broken. So <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: It's cracked let's um, talk
0: about this Aquamancer this yes.
1: uh, level three water spell caster 1500 attack 1200 defense you can only use this cards first second and third effect once per turn very hard once per turn yep one if you control if you control a brave token you can special summon this card from your hand oh wow it's for, it's the it's the girl from the field spell with all the orbs. right right yeah. uh two <clears throat> you can banish this card from your hand or graveyard and Add right of Armusia from your deck to your or graveyard to your hand.
0: Isn't that their uh, their search card?
1: That's the one that's like, um, it's like if you if you do not control a brave token, make one, and then if you don't have the field spell, activate the field spell. I think. Okay, I think it's
0: it's like one of the really good cards in the deck.
1: Um, three. If you control a Brave Token, you can place one field spell that specifically lists Brave Token and its text from your deck in your field in your field zone, face up.
0: Oh my goodness! This is exactly what this deck
1: needed. Yeah, it's still not great though because it so far there's one there's still one card in the entire archetype that produces the token.
0: Yeah, but is, is that one of the field spells? No. Oh, it's one of the monsters. No, it's just a normal spell card. Oh yeah, but this searches that spell card and yeah. it activates the field spells.
1: Yeah, exactly. But you have to uh so, okay, so like in order to search it, you have to banish it from your hand or graveyard, and then uh, act to place the field spell, you have to it has to be on field. But
0: But it, because you can banish it from grave, it gives recursiveness.
1: From hand or grave to give you the yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah. you can also fetch the the starter for the Brave token generator from your graveyards. You can recycle them. This is a three of in this deck for sure. Absolutely. You need three of this, three, of the uh, spell card that generates the token. The Right. Of Aramisia. Yeah. I think, I think if I remember correctly, I think that's it.
0: It's been a while since we read those cards. To yeah. Be fair.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like, like, like it's definitely something the deck needed. Well, no, something else that the deck needs is like another way to, to reliably produce the token. Right. Because right. if your opponent outs the token and you don't have access to getting that card back, You're done. Your deck's turned off.
0: Yeah, one token generator, or one token collector ends your whole career. Token collector, token Sunday, Anything like that. Yeah. Token Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah. Uh, Your opponent just kind of eating it, uh, just kind of stealing it, and then making Link Spider with it. Uh, Okay.
0: This is easily the second best archetype in the Grand Creators, but the issue with this archetype is Uh. that people are already going to be siding heavily for anti-token generation decks because
1: of soul, sword soul because of
0: sword soul exactly
1: well in my opinion uh the the brave token archetype is the worst archetype out of the three oh really in my opinion i i think punk is better is that
0: because of this new card we're about to read
1: yes okay we'll go ahead okay so we have no punk numeral ogre now something that that you that yugioh uh, or that uh, YGO organization uh, really wants to put forward is that his Japanese name is actually No Punk Number Ogre, but it is not a number monster. They make that very clear. So that's why they're thinking when we get it, it'll be numeral ogre. That makes sense. And, and
0: to be fair, if you look at the artwork of this card, um, first of all, it's got a giant horned demon face front and center. Yeah, that's a- for sure going to get changed come TCG.
1: No, that's the Japanese uh, ogre. It's who Swamp battle guards, Swamp and Lava battle guard are based off of.
0: I understand that. But it looks way too demonic for what we're going to get. They're going to censor that for sure.
1: I mean, they might remove, like, the horns or something. We'll have to wait and see. Anyway.
0: But what I was actually going to say was it's got little, like, graphics across it that look like uh, it's the same, like, artistic style as the numbers on the number cards.
1: Yes, yes. Um, so, so, like,
0: it looks like a numeron or number yeah, card.
1: But- I think it's supposed to be kind of a, hey, guys, I'm totally a number monster. Yeah. That kind of thing. Well,
0: they can't make more number monsters because they already did a complete number file.
1: Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, it is a Fiend Dark level eight with 2500 attack 2000 defense. It's a Fiend, not a Psychic, which I find interesting because all the rest of the Oh, that's top, true. That's except true. the drag, except the Sea Serpent Dragon. Oh, that's uh, true. All, yeah. So I guess all the level, I guess only level threes are all Psychic. Weird. Uh, hmm. You can only use this name's first and second effects once per turn. You
0: oh, can... the third effect is not once per. Oh, wait, what?
1: The first and second oh, effects once per turn. I see. The third effect is not once per turn.
0: No, it is once per turn, but it's a soft once per turn. Okay. The first and second effects are hard once per turn, and the third effect okay. is a soft. That's so weird.
1: Yeah. Um, you contribute a Punk Monster to Special Summon this card from your hand.
0: Okay, seems pretty good.
1: Yeah. Um, you can send this card from your hand or field to the graveyard. Add a punk monster from your deck to your hand. except a level 8 monster.
0: Okay, so those are the two hard once per turn effects.
1: Yeah. Uh, three, once per turn. When your opponent activates a monster effect, quick effect. You can make this card gain attack equal to that opponent's monster's original attack until the end of this turn.
0: And So this is the soft once per turn.
1: Yeah. So he's already at 2500, so he just gets beefy.
0: I mean, depending on what they're activating. Yeah, sure. I mean, if they activate mirage. you know, it doesn't really... Yeah.
1: But after, yeah, but you know, they activate a Dragoon. Big boy. You're just going to bulk up to, let's see, if they've already activated the Dragoon and it resolved properly. It's original attack. Okay, yeah, yeah. And that'd still be that'd still be 5,500.
0: Yep, yeah, which is enough to run over the Dragoon and deal 1,500 damage. The
1: problem, though, is that it's until the end of the turn and only during your opponent's turn. Oh, true. But then that means they can't run it over. With no, Dragoon. it's not only
0: during your opponent's turn.
1: Oh, never mind. If your opponent activates Dragoon, you just plop this sucker down and uh if your opponent makes it you're you plop this sucker down activate something else and then dare them to activate your goon dare them
0: yeah so Do and it. this um this card's effective you contribute one punk monster especially on this card from your hand um i'm pretty sure that this is going to be a, a summon that does not start a chain so i pop Pop, popularly known as an inherent summon
1: yeah it, um
0: generally that, cards that specify location that they summon from um so it'll say like you can summon this card open parentheses from your hand close yeah. parentheses
1: kind of like levier and uh kind of like
0: cyber dragon yes yeah, so... cyber dragon is the easiest example fair enough and the most
1: popular especially now
0: right so and as an example of a summon that does not start a chain. so oh, yeah. um yeah I'm pretty sure that that's correct but
1: we'll have to we'll wait have for to the
0: English translation.
1: Yeah, I'll have to wait for like the official whenever we've With PSET. Yeah.
0: But that makes that card better for sure. Oh, absolutely. Because that, like you said, like <clears throat> if you summon this card while Dragoon's on the board uh, Dragoon can't negate the summon of this card.
1: And then you can just go on and your opponent's probably going to be scared to activate Dragoon.
0: Because then he can just run Dragoon over. Right, exactly.
1: And they, and you out or any other monster on their field. Um right. Particularly if they're sitting on a verte anaconda and their dragoon like how big is verte a Five hundred. yeah if they have only five thousand life points left you just That's lost game, yeah well
0: and the other thing is um this is because of this being something that doesn't start a chain um i mean it outs some really tough boards uh in the same way that alpha the master of beast might um but it, it's a good card
1: it is i still think that the uh the other <laughs> You know, what monster you know what Monster doesn't care about the attack buff that uh that this thing gives? What? Uh Appaloosa. Oh true. Because its t- its original attack is zero.
0: Actually, I think Appaloosa specifically says, um oh, wait, let me pull up my copy of Appaloosa. Um Yeah, yeah. So it says the original attack of this card becomes eight hundred times the number of link materials yeah, yeah. used. Never mind. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was yeah. That's why like you can't uh so Appaloosa's... Um, effect to give it a certain attack. You cannot like like. There's no effect activating there, so you yeah. can't like, um, like if you Nibiru in response to Apolusa, they can negate the Nibiru with Apolusa. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, no, because like I'm talking about like like you do something, your opponent activates Apolusa, chain that thing's effect and get ap- and crap and you know. Right. So so
0: Apolusa loses the 800 attack, and um, then
1: this thing would go off and yoink, get that attack buff.
0: Okay, so. Once per chain, when your opponent's monster activates a, a activates a monster effect, quick effect colon, so that's condition for activation. You can make this card lose exactly 800 attack, comma, and if you do, comma, negate the activation. So, because oh. of the way that that's because of the way that's worded, if Opalusa does not lose the 800 attack, it doesn't negate. So, um, and it doesn't lose the 800 attack until resolution. So if you chain his effect, he'll gain the full
1: 2,400 if it's a four material.
0: 3 material yeah, the yeah, 4 yeah. material will
1: be 32 fair enough right. I'm doing my I'm, I'm doing my so math he'll gain wrong so full 3200 yeah That's, and then it'll negate and then it'll drop down to 24 and then right. you're sitting there with a 5700 attack point <laughs> beat <Right>. stick <laughs> big boy big boy oh, yeah, I know it, it definitely
0: it has. It definitely has some interesting applications
1: oh yeah the big thing is you're, it, it makes your opponent kind of have to think about whether or not they should negate
0: I mean, yeah, uh, it, it helps break difficult to break boards is the key. Oh
1: yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, especially in a deck that lives and dies by, you know, your opponent. Well, any deck lives and dies by your opponent's board. What was I saying there? Uh, particularly this deck, which doesn't seem to have a whole lot of just unaffected by monster effects, unaffected by spells. Th- yeah,
0: so, yeah. yeah, no, no built in protections. Yeah,
1: that doesn't have any naturally built in protection outside of I'm just going to keep pumping out monsters and eventually you'll run out of stuff. Right, right. If, um, if I can, I mean, e tally by itself. Anyway, and right. that, that was all we had for the uh, for those three new monsters. It was three new monsters, three new cards. It was like one for each of the three uh, archetypes that are coming out in uh, Grand Creators. It's gonna, be a neat, it's gonna be a real fun set.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be definitely gonna be an interesting set, and um, I think Xor Sisters could be. Um, I, at first, I thought they were just kind of like mildly format dependent they c- could potentially be okay but i'm starting to think that xor sisters are really going to be a uh a format defining archetype
1: very possibly um so, we'll have to see how they deal with sword soul
0: yeah and i think that because because of the way that the that the format's gonna well because of the way that everything's gonna land assuming the release schedule stays the same xor sisters will release in january we can expect a new ban list. So we'll get one ban list in October. And then probably. Another ban list. If I had to guess in the middle of January or beginning of February. So because of this archetype releasing at the end of middle to end of January.
1: It'll depend on two whole ban lists.
0: Well, not just that. Not the wall. Okay. The competitive viability of the deck will depend on two whole ban lists. Yes. But I think that. The deck realistically gets until around this time next year to be relevant, because you'll have the entire February to whenever, maybe May or June, banless, and then June to like September-ish,
1: something like that. Yeah. So,
0: so what I'm saying is, the deck could have a very long time to be competitively viable.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Six,
0: eight, ten months.
1: Um, it because like it doesn't seem like one of those decks that's just broken to the point where. It's just going to get destroyed on a ban list. It doesn't seem to be that kind of this.
0: That Exor Sisters is going to be the ultimate deck to, um, read the format. And if you're like a, sk- a really skilled player, and you read that the format is a little too graveyard dependent at that moment,
1: play Exor Sisters.
0: Going going into the next event, you should be playing Exor Sisters.
1: But if for whatever reason, because of the upcoming ban list and all that, and Sword Soul and all yeah, that blah, if blah, you, blah.
0: if you look at something like sword soul is not like they they do a lot of stuff with their graveyard but they're not as de- graveyard dependent as say like tri brigade or drytron and then if you look at a deck like Flunderies, which basically doesn't care about the graveyard at all um I yeah mean, or all... even a deck like virtual world virtual world doesn't really yeah you know if you look at decks like those if those are the popular decks of the format i mean virtual World cares about the graveyard i'm not saying they don't but yeah yeah but they they're... don't they don't like, activate as many effects in the graveyard. Like, Drytron can activate all their effects in hand or grave, you know. Brigade activate tons of graveyard effects.
1: Well, how so, often does... Well, the big question will be, how often do how often do, do the particular decks in the format utilize monsters that are special... Like, special someone from the graveyard and then stick to the field?
0: Yeah, yeah, so... As
1: opposed to just immediately being linked off or...
0: Right. Uh, the whatever. deck... The deck really has a lot it's 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 all gonna be meta dependent absolutely. the decks the deck could be have one of the highest power ceilings of a format or it could be unplayable in a format depending like, on how popular decks like Flunderies are versus <coughs> something like Tri Brigade or drytron it, yeah. it's it's gonna be incredibly format dependent and it's something that it's gonna be a meta call. whenever you play it it's a meta call. oh absolutely so um let's go ahead and do a uh, let's talk just for a moment about our sponsor, ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. Uh, ETB Games is our locals here in l- central Louisiana. They are a wonderful sponsor. We go there as often as we possibly can. They hold monthly tournaments for... Uh, they. It's called uh, ETB Battle City Day, where they'll host a large tournament. Sometimes it's a case tournament. Sometimes they uh, do top prize is like starlights and things of that sort.
1: Sometimes it's a goat tournament where the top prize is an old, is an old uh, uh, Dacoichi. Yeah.
0: That was the first one, right? Yeah. So, um, the goal is they, they really want to, uh, nurture and help the Yu-Gi-Oh scene flourish. And they're doing a wonderful job.
1: They just recently, uh, didn't they just recently apply for OTS status?
0: Um, they actually got approved to be an OTS store, and here hopefully all the support from konami will be coming soon so which OTS, will be amazing right ots packs the cool store banners things like that yeah boy right so we're really excited for those developments um, we're excited going forward it is also a wonderful place to come in and hang out and just chill uh, they have tvs you can play video games you can rent DD rooms they are really a one-stop shop for everything nerdy or tabletop related
1: oh yeah they even sell mats lots and lots of mats for every ga- card game yep. imaginable just about
0: play mats everything
1: except maybe magic but i don't think magic has mats yeah they do well mm, well i mean like mats not- with the with the thing thing with a thing with a thing you know the that thing that's on mats all the time play uh
0: feel uh, zones zones oh, okay i see what you're saying um yeah no they probably don't really have zones on a lot of magic the Gathering mats but like but i'm sure uh, the people at etb would know that's right exactly <laughs> they they know all the all about this stuff um no no magic definitely has play mats uh, spell grounds was originally a magic yeah yeah, yeah yeah anyway so if you are anywhere in the state of louisiana alexandra is never more than a three hour drive from anywhere in the state of louisiana it's honestly it's super convenient you can get there from anywhere in under three hours.
1: Unless you live all the way down there in the bayou. Then it's like a three and a half hour because you have to, it takes about 30 minutes to get out of the bayou.
0: Yeah, something like that. So for anybody in the state of Louisiana or even if you're in like East Texas, some places in Mississippi, uh, even some places in southern Arkansas, you can always get to Alexandria in a relatively short amount of time. I think from Dallas, it's about a four and a half to five hour drive. From Lufkin, it's probably about three and a half to four it's worth the drive. It's worth coming, checking out the community. You could see us there on any given weekend. Um, be sure to hit us up on the discord before you go. Cause it is about a 50 minute drive for us, but we try to go as often as we can. We love it. We love the community. We love the people. Um, we promote, we always, absolutely. We always promote team dark arm dealings here, uh, in our little outro. They're all based out of that locals as well. Again, a lot of cool guys. um, and we ask that you come in ready to play because uh we all real we all get kind of competitive. Oh so, yeah. Uh if you want to check out ETB Games though, if you're not in the you know, Louisiana, Texas, Arkansas, Mississippi area, if you want to support the podcast and our sponsor, be sure to check them out at etbgames.com. Their link is in the description below. And with that, let's get on back into the podcast. We Bias. have some, we have some Actually, more cool stuff to talk about here.
1: Well, speaking of ETB Games, I'm hoping that if we ever get this next product in, ETB Games will have it so I can buy from them uh, the next OCG structure deck. Oh Alpha yeah, yeah, yeah. Strike.
0: I almost forgot to talk about this.
1: Yes, we have the entire fact sheet
0: for the OCG for the OCG structure. version. Okay, yeah. So keep in mind. Um, this is not a TCG-announced structure deck yet. This is 100% an OCG-announced structure deck. We might not get the structure deck at all, but I have a feeling we will, to be honest with you. Yeah. Hmm.
1: So the uh, fact sheet says, <clears throat> and I quote, A pre constructor deck appears that gathers cards from the official game original story theme that made its debut in Rise of the Duelist that came out in April of 2020. It's a fusion dragon deck whose Im- his image concept was based around the ability of Fallen of Albaz to transform into dragons by absorbing all sorts of powers. It has new cards that further enhance your ability to enjoy the world building off of this theme. There are token cards included with the token pack at the same time. The token pack's super rare cards also come in secret rare foiling. Each structure deck will come with one pre constructed deck of 46 cards, one token pack of five cards, one reversible special dual field slash playing guide. The pre-constructed deck comes with two ultras, one super, and six normal parallels. The token pack comes with five super rares that can also come in secret.
0: I mean, there's definitely some cool things about this. Uh, they always get more stuff than we do. We probably won't get the token pack,
1: and if we do, they'll be like,
0: you get one of these
1: tokens, potentially, yeah, like and it the, could potentially uh, be a super rare. Like, yeah, like yeah. Like, no, it will be a super. I imagine if we get this, um, like, a one-for-one kind of product, mm-hmm. it'd be like the Spirit Charm or Structure Deck, where right. it's just a random... Uh, one of them just... is super. Well, no, because they're all super, but you only get one. Right, right. Um, As opposed to over in the OCG, where...
0: they Yeah, you yeah, got all five in at least super, and one could be secret.
1: Exactly. So the secret rare ones are their collectible ones.
0: Right, and it comes with two ultras and, and a super, and six parallel rares.
1: We don't have that.
0: Yeah, we don't even have parallel Rares at all.
1: Yeah, um. So for us, it would be they probably do like
0: two ultras, one one super, and that's all they do. That's, no, 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 that's no, what well... they do for every structure deck out
1: for us. No, no, I could no, 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 no. They do more supers. They give us more supers. Do
0: they, they don't give it. Yeah, it's like yeah. three supers, maybe,
1: maybe. They give <laughs> oh. us more supers and ultras. I only remember this because my, because I got the, because I got three copies of the Shadal structure deck, right. Uh, Grista and con and El Shadal Construct were both ultra. No, no, no
0: Appcalon was an ultra. Should uh, should Shadal- Shad- all I think Grista is a super.
1: He was a super. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Co- I
0: know Construct was an ultra, and I know Apple- Apple- was an Apple- Ultra. Yeah, then
1: Window was a super. Grista, I guess, was also the other super.
0: And I think, was it and Windy or windy Ariel? And
1: Ariel were also supers.
0: Okay, so they could potentially have three or four.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then everything else I think was common.
0: So the reason that i think we're i've 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 seen a lot of people questioning online whether or not we're even going to get this structure deck
1: because we didn't get the dragoony structure deck
0: right i think we do get this structure deck and and the reason why is the dogmatica lore is something that they're clearly pushing and it's something that they clearly want us to have access to if if this was a retrain of an old structure deck like the Sanctuary structure deck, or the Cyber Dragon structure deck. Or
1: the dragoonity structure deck, right, for example.
0: I would have my doubts, because realistically, even though, yes, we get new cards, we can get those new cards in a side set, because the vast majority of the cards have already been printed. Yeah. Here, unless they're going to reprint a lot of the Dogmatica cards here...
1: Which they very well might. Um, I mean, they
0: could, because... A lot of them are going to be in the Megatons, and I guess whatever doesn't make it in the Megatons could be in this sometime in, like, February of next God, year. God,
1: common dear Servant.
0: Really, when you think about it, it actually would make a ton of sense to have, like, Ecclesia and fleur de Yeah, uh, all is common.
1: Like, one of the alters is 100% yeah. Fallen of Albaz, and, I get, and, I, and yeah. I'm 99% sure the other one is...
0: Titanic Cloud.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or,
0: or whatever the new card is. Yeah,
1: like the branded and red dragon, like that red branded dragon thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, this deck could be a, a, you know, a hodgepodge of all those different archetypes. We'll
1: have to wait and see. It, we gotta play the big wait and see game. Um, Another possibility is that it's just straight up a deck full of a bunch of nonsense and then Fallen of Albaz and, and a bunch of fusions that he can go into with all the nonsense.
0: Yeah, that's also really possible. I, I think it would be a little too cool to be a dogmatic one. <laughs> but (coughs) oh excuse me oh my goodness bless
1: you Uh, oh that came out of nowhere uh anyway uh but like i mean but but it also said in the description that it's based around the story arc of the archetypes so they could even throw so they might even throw in based on that they might throw in uh tri-brigade spriggan despia and uh we just said their names dogmatica dogmatica oh you know because those are all part of that 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 storyline right again it's very much a case if we have to wait and see
0: well you know what that means all we can do is well you know wait
1: and see see. which could take forever
0: i mean realistically if it's anything like the delay we have on other uh products it could be a while i mean
1: we'll probably get it about this time next year
0: God, that's terrible to think about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm still on. I mean, I'm still on the fence on whether or not we're actually getting the Cybertruck structure deck. <laughs> yeah, it's not <laughs> until, looking good until I got my three in my hand. So, <sighs> moving right along.
0: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Master Duel.
1: Yes, yeah, so the, there was a new trailer that came out, um, and just kind of scanning through the trailer, we, uh, I, some pe, some people online anyway, were able to pull out a new duel pet. Toon Dart Magician, who is, comp- looks completely different from regular Dart Magician. He's rounder.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it It looks really good,
1: too. Oh, yeah. Uh, two new sleeves. One is Trishula, the old, the OG Trishula, and Blue Eyes, White Dragon, Chaos Max sleeves.
0: Uh, there's a really cool, there's also a really cool, um, like, coin flip animation, I guess, to see this yes. first. Yes. Where they show your little dual pet and everything like that. Yeah, on
1: the sides. Right. Um, also, whenever you win, if your dual pet's rescue rabbit, he dabs and then does a twirl.
0: Yep. Um,
1: Just going to dab on your opponent with a rescue rabbit. Uh, and there's, also, sh-
0: there's also a few other things. I, I'm sorry. I'm not trying no, to catch no, you um, I'm looking at the. Um, I'm watching the video as we go through this. And something that sticks out to me that I notice um, I don't think I noticed it before that there's a timer on the field. Yep. So. Uh, it is nice to have for sure turns. Um, mm-hmm. And this might be the same thing that came up last time with the uh, the Starlight. Uh, what is that? Windy?
1: Yeah. Uh, or no. Ultimate no, Rare? No no, 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 no. It was an Ultra Aerial. It was an Ultra Aerial and a Super Squamish. Well, I,
0: I just saw an Ultimate Rare Windy.
1: Well, then that's new as well.
0: I don't think it is. I think that was in the original.
1: No no, well, no, 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 because the original was an Ultra I'm Aerial. I'm almost
0: positive there was an Ulti, or a Starlight.
1: Oh, there might have been, but it was, I don't think it was any of the Shadal stuff, because I only remember seeing an Ultra Aerial and the Super Squamata. Okay. It might, even, it might not even been a Squamata. I remember seeing those, another Super Shadal monster.
0: Uh, but, so, moving on, though, yeah. there there's other, some... There's some other cool things uh, that we there's have. There's
1: also on here. Uh, they also have this really cool final attack animation. Yes. Whenever you declare the attack that ends the game, the card like very dramatically swings up, makes this big arc and this big boom.
0: Right. It looks completely different from the game ending animation that came out a few weeks ago. Yeah,
1: th- this is this is a completely new build of the game.
0: Right. Uh,
1: and also there's now an uh now now there's an actual special animation for Exodia. So if you win via Exodia, you get a cool animation that plays out.
0: Oh please, God! Don't let that promote the worst parts of this game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I mean, it's probably I mean it's one of the most famous things of this game.
0: Something else I'm noticing are there are some really really cool field designs. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, when you look at it, there are some legitimately wonderful looking field designs. For those
1: who know, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we'll leave a link to it down in the description below. Oh, yeah. That way, anybody can go in and see it, but. Um, the amount of things that they can do are pretty cool. Oh yeah. Um, the yeah. most important thing that come, came out of this trailer though easily is, um, the rescue rabbit avatar. When you win, he hits a dab, a yeah. literal dab. And then he comes out the dab and goes to do a full three sixty spin. Yeah.
1: That's what I was saying like a second ago. Like it is amazing. Rescue dab it. Let's go boys. Oh
0: yeah. It's, it's epic.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, and then also they had an announcement over in V Jump, was it?
0: Yeah. So there was a um there's a little bit of extra information that came out in um, in the V Jump play, and which is um, let me pull it up right here. All right, so featuring more than ten thousand different cards from the OCG slash TCG. In this game, you will be able to use more than 10,000 different cards from the very beginning of the service. Ranging from cards shown before, like Access Code Talker from recent years, you can duel with a massive card pool that includes legendary cards also, like Dark Magician and Exodia, the Forbidden One. Then there's an asterisk. Some cards can only be obtained in events or through purchases. For more inf- further information about this game will be revealed through later through V-Jump Play. So... And then there's also some individual clips from the trailer. So, the, the real things to note here about this are that there is. So, there there will be 10,000 cards, over 10,000 cards available on release of the
1: game. Which we know is pretty much how many cards are in the game. Right. Give or take. Right. Give or take 1,000.
0: So. Um,
1: well, I know that goes to 10,000 Dragon.
0: <laughs> right. Um, something that's interesting is that. Um, all the trademarks at the end of the trailer are all 2021 trademarks. I don't know if that means that the game's going to release in 2021, or that's just they have to put that for the year rather than uh, a 2022 trademark because that's when the game releases.
1: I don't know how the, I don't know how the trademark that kind of trademark stuff would work with. Uh, inter- I know how it works with American companies. I don't know for.
0: Well, I mean, they have to license it in America.
1: Yeah, but it it's also like an international thing, and it's a little more complicated um if it if it was american then they would have then then they would have multiple dates oh, okay. One would the first year would be the year of the copyright being
0: i say the name or whatever
1: yeah the second year would be a uh, year of release oh, and okay. if they're the same year it's just one year uh, for instance That's why you'll see Pokemon, say, copyright nineteen ninety five, I think, or ninety six,
0: right? And then
1: comma this year on the new games.
0: Oh, okay, that that makes a ton of sense, actually. When you yeah, because
1: it's when it was originally copyrighted and how long the copyright's been going on.
0: So, also we have it to where it says some games, some cards will only be available through in-game events and um, purchase. So, what that tells me is. I think the most the most likely um, reason that this particular that it says that I think that there will be some special exclusive cards that you have to win via tournament, like a prize card. And I think outside of a prize card, there it's hard to say exactly how they're going to monetize it because there's so many different ways they can go about it and almost none of them are going to be enjoyed by the community
1: no like i think the only one that people will be like okay i'm fine with that is literally if it's just alternate arts and uh up like you pay to up rarity a card
0: yeah but i just i don't see a world in which it's worth it to pay to up rarity cards i think that the only way that they can like realistically justify rarities on cards is if it's something based off of pulls and off of packs i don't want that to be the case yeah but i think that certain i think that releasing things with packs and releasing things based off of pulls that way you're getting you can get certain rarities off of certain pulls i think that's probably the best way to go when it comes to rarities
1: oh yeah i'm cautiously optimistic very cautiously optimistic
0: yeah, this could go south easily.
1: It's very easy for this to go hard south. Um, It's also very easy for it to be just perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it all depends on how they monetize it, right? Because at the end of the day, I don't think they'll do a subscription-based service, but they could do a subscription-based service, and a lot of people would pay for it. Um, they could also just do like a one-time purchase. Which
1: I, don't... I would be perfectly fine with.
0: Yeah, if you get a one-time <laughs> purchase and everything's available after that, that would be cool. But I think that they want some kind of, like, rolling income. Yeah, yeah. Which is not easy.
1: Yeah, particularly since they already have have a couple of other games that are also all, you know, you pretty much have to pay to play the game.
0: I mean, if you look at something like Duel Links, Duel Links is a cash cow. Duel Links dang near kept the Yu-Gi-Oh! card game afloat when COVID first hit. I mean, Duel Links outperforming Duel links made them millions and millions and millions of dollars not just keeping up the development team not just keeping up the servers i mean Duel links was making
1: oodles Bank. of money
0: yeah i think it was like the second highest grossing uh mobile game or the second highest grossing um mobile card game or anything else yeah, whatever so, category. something like that yeah whatever category it was in it was in like the top two or three in uh in earnings which is yeah. insane i mean it was it was outperforming magic gathering arena it was outperforming Uh, The Pokemon Online card game it was outperforming, which is
1: which it outperformed Magic Gathering Arena is really impressive because have you seen it it outperformed
0: Hearthstone?
1: That's Hearthstone wasn't already wasn't doing very well. But really,
0: I I thought Hearthstone was doing very. I mean, Hearthstone I think was sixth
1: up. Yeah, up until about.
0: Oh, that's a Blizzard product.
1: That's a Blizzard product.
0: Oh, Hearthstone is no longer doing well.
1: Yeah. Anyway, okay.
0: This report came out for like last year though.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, to be yeah, fair, yeah. This, this was well, like a
0: 2020 report. Well,
1: because I remember about two years ago, somebody mentioned that Hearthstone was, at that at that point, its history had only returned losses.
0: Oh, well, I mean, as of at last year, point. it was returning huge okay, returns. Okay, yeah, it
1: probably had like a big jump or something. Anyway, um but, like Magic the Arena had Danny Trejo in a commercial. That's pretty good. It was on, it was, I can't try to remember the other actor's name. It was Danny Trejo and Machete,
0: right? Is that who Danny yeah, Trejo yeah, it's Machete,
1: is? Yeah, it's Machete. Machete. Uh, who was the other guy?
0: I didn't realize that they got like big name actors to be in the commercials.
1: I mean, it was just some random dude. And then he was roommates with Danny Trejo. And I can't, again, I can't remember the other guy.
0: What? Okay. What's he from? What's he?
1: He's a comedian.
0: He's a comedian. Oh yeah. God. It could have been anybody. What yeah. did he look like?
1: Um, I don't even know how to. Oh, I'm, I'm googling it now. There's no
0: way you don't know how to describe him.
1: I am god awful at describing people. Let's see, Pat Oswald.
0: Oh, Pat Oswald. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was,
1: Dan- yeah. Basically, the wow, basically that's the, a
0: heck of a cast.
1: Yeah, like, it was just like somewhere in him, dude, and he was uh, roommates with Danny Trejo and Pat Oswald. And he was and uh, Danny Trejo in the commercial was like listen man you gotta put you gotta put in like sanctify or something for the late game and Pat Oswald goes listen man if you would just play red aggro there wouldn't be a late game
0: <laughs> that's it's so funny that the, the that's really set up perfectly because you wouldn't expect like It's so funny that, like, Patton Oswalt's, like, the one getting aggressive, and Danny Trejo, the one that's, like, you know, Machete, it's just like, no, you have to put in Sanctify. You have to think about it, man.
1: Right. Be one with the deck. Exactly. And it's like, uh, yeah, anyway, we're getting off topic. Like, I mean, it's fine. It is still kind of in topic, because that kind of money for Magic Gathering Arena to have those two. And it got beat by Duel Links, like, and all like the like the biggest commercial thing that I've seen Duel Links do was they got two big sh- uh YouTubers Did and streamers
0: do a commercial for Duel Links.
1: No, but I'm saying like a generic commercialized campaign thing uh, for Duel Links was that they had Chilled Chaos and Z Royal Viking, like eat like they were going to duel each other. They got pair. They each picked a deck. Uh, Z went first and picked Blue Eyes. And so Chilled Chaos went and picked Buster Blader. Cause Dragons.
0: Right. And right. they
1: each got like, like and they each got a coach, because they hadn't played Yu-Gi-Oh! since they were kids. Mm-hmm. So they each got a coach who were one of the best players of Duel Links to teach them how to play and coach them for their big boom. Okay. And so that was fun to watch.
0: This is as of August of last year, the height of COVID. Duel Links was the leading source of revenue for Konami, and their digital entertainment department was up 36%.
1: Oof, all off, all off.
0: The-, the Konami casino, fitness, and amusement hall revenue had decreased an enormous amount. And Konami as a whole was down 6%, even with the 36% growth of digital entertainment. Casino revenue went down 56%. And at that time, Duel Links, a Yu-Gi-Oh! mobile game, was Konami's leading source of revenue.
1: Man, Duel Links needs to go see a chiropractor. It, it, It must have hurt its back carrying the rest of the company. Jesus!
0: Honestly, I mean... So, total revenue for their fiscal year, which ended March of 2021, was $2.48 billion. Not just for Duel Links, but for the company as a whole.
1: Yeah, that's their casino holdings, all their video games, all of their card games, everything.
0: Right. The company was carried by the digital entertainment division, which was $1.86 billion of that $2.48 billion.
1: The digital entertainment division being like all their video games, I assume.
0: Yeah, but the overwhelming majority of it was a hundred
1: percent dual links.
0: Right. So Just. I mean, they had some other stuff that released, but literally, if you look at it, like I don't even know the names of all of this. Um, but except like car games continue to perform well with Yu Gi Oh Trading Card Game and Yu Gi Oh Rush Duel still steadily expanding in Japan. but I mean I don't know where it was that I saw the um the Duel links exact numbers, but I mean Duel links made them somewhere in the neighborhood of like two hundred to four hundred million dollars last year alone.
1: Yeah. Jesus. It's it's big business for them.
0: Yeah. I mean their their digital entertainment department is literally carrying their um I mean, okay, look. Okay, this is what it was. Okay. So this is the top-grossing card battle mobile games by worldwide player spending in uh, H1. I guess that's <clears throat> um, uh, quarter one or whatever it is. Yeah. Duel Links was more than double any other card game. Hearthstone was Jesus. second. Hearthstone is second. Magic Gathering Arena was uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. But that's because it's still very new yeah dual links more than doubled hearthstone and hearthstone was at second jesus dual links player base just in the u.s and japan not including all of the other countries it's in just the u.s and japan was higher than any other any other anything else they earned they made over 110 million dollars just in the first part of 2021 jesus yeah hearthstone's uh hearthstone was the second highest grossing card battle game in the first half of 2021 and they only made 40 million compared to Duel links is 110 million Mm which is in the first half of the year the game's close to reaching a billion dollars in total revenue since its launch yeah that's and their Whew. their operating budget for this game is almost non existent compared to others because they don't have overhead costs. They don't have to pay for rent. They, I mean it's it's all just digital. All you have to well, pay is server space.
1: Yeah, they have to pay for server space, which right now is kind of is what which right now is kind of at a premium. Um
0: Yeah, but even paying for server space
1: is It's well worth consider I'm pretty yeah. sure at this point they could get wh- however much server space they wanted.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, considering in all of 2016 the game grossed 23.9 million, and now in 2021, just in the first half, they grossed 110.
1: Yeah, and that that number is still growing exponentially. Yeah, the the well. point
0: is, they understand how to make money with a digital title, and so Master Duel is no different. They're going to make their money with Master Duel, uh, no matter how big Duel Links is, no matter how big Master Duel is. Its own game, sure, but they're not going to lose money on it. No they're going to put they've put an enormous amount of resources into building this game. They've put a lot of time, a lot of effort into getting this game right. And to have the f- first Konami made first party Master Master Rule Simulator
1: mm-hmm. is
0: huge and they know that. They're going to make sure that this is done right.
1: Oh, hopefully. Key term hopefully.
0: I I hesitantly have faith in Konami to get this particular aspect correct.
1: Looking at you, blood and violence.
0: (sighs) You mean Ruddy and violence?
1: (laughs) Ruddy and violence. Those of you who know, you know.
0: And for those that don't know, that's a reference to Ruddy
1: Rose. Ruddy Rose Dragon and then Blood and Violence is the pachinko machine that they made based on Castlevania where they made Dracula a waifu. Really? Yes. Like there was a stint where Konami just made a bunch of uh, pachinko machines out of Silent Hill... Um, I mean,
0: that's like also one of their leading revenue sources, or it was anyway. Now it's kind of hard to do Pachinko, but yeah,
1: um, there there was there was a bunch of it. It was it was an awful time.
0: Yeah, but I do think that they're going to monetize this um, in the way that makes the most sense for them financially. I think they're going to monetize it through um, a combination of aesthetic features as well as a way to get new cards. They could just do a thing where it's like. Every time a new set releases, pay 99 cents or pay a dollar and you get the new set, which realistically I'm probably fine with that. Uh, anything up to like the four ninety nine mark. Uh, past four I'm starting to be like, okay, this is starting to get kind of pricey.
1: Yeah, yeah. And no, like at that point, you're just paying for two card games.
0: Yeah, but realistically, <sighs> it would make a lot of sense to just, you can do packs or you can just have one set price that you pay to get every card from the new set up front.
1: Maybe. Um, I mean, Like
0: you get free packs for playing games and playing things like that. that. And you get free packs and you can get the cards for free. Or if you want to just pay a flat fee. And I guess if you're going to do it like that where you give the opportunity for it to be free to play. Because it does say free to play in the description. If you're going to give it the opportunity to be truly free to play where you can grind for everything. Then I say have everything be released up front and then follow that up with... As you win more games, you win packs. As you win more packs, you can get more cards. As Um, you get more cards, you can get higher rarities. Or you can pay a flat fee and just get everything up front.
1: I mean, on that front, they could probably do something along the lines of what Hearthstone did.
0: What did Hearthstone do?
1: Uh, so basically every single day you you got quests, and mm-hmm. which was stuff like win a game. Okay, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or play a deck with this specific type of card in it. Blah blah blah. Right, I follow. And when you completed the the, the quest, you got gold, and you could spend the gold on packs.
0: That would make a lot of sense.
1: Or you can just straight up dump actual money into it and get a crap ton of packs. Right. Um, that's one. Of, that's you know that that's entirely something they could do. Um, again, we'll have to.
0: I mean I hate to beat a dead horse but we'll just have
1: to wait and see right as much as we've repeated that um it, there's just not a whole lot of information out right now um again I am cautiously optimistic
0: right uh, and I it's... think that they have the opportunity to do it right and they know oh, they
1: absolutely do. um like I am I am optimistic about it by choice, but it's very much of a this can go south very easily. Right. Kind of a ooh, ooh, ah, mm.
0: yeah, it's something that you I don't know, it's just something to be aware of and to be hesitant about. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, what what's something that you're looking for? Like what's something that you hope to see in the game though?
1: Well, okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> the way I would, the way I would want it to work, um, is, uh, like when you boot up the game, all the cars are currently out, you have access to, and then it's like, then you, the stuff you pay for and win is stuff like alt arts or, right. you know, like I said, the rarity bumps, cool, the sleeves, uh, the sleeves, um, the dual pets. And right. I'm thinking like maybe give an avenue to earn it all in game or just pay the money and get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That would be kind of cool.
1: Maybe you know, like
0: you know, what I would love to see. What's that? I would love to see if I summon, if I use my dual avatar in the game, like that dul- they they hop off of their little platform and jump in. Like yeah, if or I if like, I summon Rescue Rabbit, he yeah, he like hops into the game. Yeah, or, something.
1: or even like points and like points at like points to the car and then points at himself. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah, flexes.
0: Yeah, yeah, something, something. like
1: like some like the like the mo- your dual pet acknowledge your dual avatar acknowledge right. that you just played him.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. I, it sounds stupid, but just like a little animation like that would just make it.
1: Awesome. Yeah, kind of like how in a Super Mario RPG, whenever you get use an item on your party members, the party member turns to the camera and tells the player, "Thank you."
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, so like something along those lines would be great. Um, I love how the dual pets have uh, have uh, victory animations. Oh yeah, I've only, se- I, 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 the only I've only seen one. Um, but only well, so far, only one of them have actually mattered. <laughs> Good old Rescue Dabit. Um, I'm curious on how Pot of Greed's gonna like.
0: Maybe cards will just shoot out the top.
1: May, yeah, like you have to Pot of Greed and like two cards just go just get spit out of it. Or, that would be really funny. Yeah, something like that. It's like its victory is it just kind of like spins happily. So however a pot can spin happily.
0: Yeah. So that'll pretty much wrap us up for today's episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you everybody so much for listening we ask that you please 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 follow us on twitter at top cut podcast and i would argue at this point even more importantly be sure to join our discord the link will be in the description below it is a we are really building a wonderful community especially there in the discord um it's a great place to come in hang out you can talk to all kinds of people that are like-minded in the game whether they be through whether they be more casual more competitive more meta players rogue players i mean they we have just goat players plant synchro players you we have chat rooms to talk about all these different topics all these different things we have a marketplace we have dual rooms uh we've started hosting some small tournaments from time to time
1: just it, for funsies
0: right it's a it's a really is a wonderful place to come in get experience um you can uh, have ask questions ask yeah ask questions get ruling advice get deck building advice uh, you can talk about your favorite anime, whatever you, whatever pops up. And I mean, I mean, me and Caleb are in there all the time looking for matches. You can come test with me and Caleb. You can test with any of the other, you know, 50 to 80 people we currently have in there. So
1: number is subject to change.
0: Hopefully it changes a lot. and goes like really yeah, far Hopefully up. It goes up. Yeah. So, hey, listen, we get like 200 listens an episode. We only get like, we only have like 70 or 80 people in there. That means a, most of you are not in the server
1: come hang out
0: yeah so you that's not in the server i'm looking at you buddy i'm looking at you
1: i don't bite much
0: i mean hey if you can sit through this podcast you can come chill in the server that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying oh yeah (laughs) realistically though thank you everybody so much for the support we we really do appreciate everybody that listens and comes and hangs out with us twice a week um what we can ask that going forward though that you do is please share this podcast with your friends your buddies at locals you know, send it to them, be like, hey, man, I found this cool Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. They update twice a week, every Tuesday, every Friday.
1: And we they all don't s- sound terrible.
0: Yeah. We, we literally spent like an hour today before we recorded just trying to fix our sound because we were having horrible sound quality issues. As I'm sure you noticed on last week's episode. <laughs> Sorry about that, by the way. I don't know. I, we, we still don't know what happened there. But... Thank you all so much for listening. Like I said, follow us on Twitter at Top Cut Podcast. Caleb's Twitter is at JamTheMan17. My Twitter is at DatChumley. I don't know why, I chose it in high school. Um, we ask that you, if you're, if you're listening on Apple iTunes or uh, if you're listening on Apple iTunes, there's a little follow or subscribe button or something along those lines. Be sure to hit that button. That way it automatically puts our podcast into your uh, iTunes every time we update, every time we post a new episode, that we can just click on it and start listening. Super easy. If you're on Spotify, please be sure to follow us. Uh, And if you're on Apple iTunes, be sure to give us a rating or a review. It is really helping our algorithm a lot. Now when you search Top Cut Podcast, we actually pop up. Hey, that's a start. It's improvement. Um, But we are so thankful for the ratings and reviews that that we have so far. In fact... I'm so thankful for some of the ratings and reviews that we have. I want to take just a moment to shout out one of our listeners who actually did leave us a review. Um, So if you go in and you click on our name and you scroll down to reviews, you'll see a review from Fake Anakin loving this podcast found it right after i got back into Yu-Gi-Oh, and they've been awesome to listen to to bring me up to date on all the latest news and what's going on in the meta love what these guys are doing and hope they continue for a long time
1: thank you so much fake anakin
0: it means the world to have listeners like you that'll you know take the time to acknowledge us and thank us and thank you for listening thank you so much um if you want your review read right on the podcast the only way to do that is to leave that review so thank you everybody for listening have a good afternoon